Hello and welcome to the Independent Pharmacy Alliance podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Resnick. This episode is brought to you in part by Independent Pharmacy Alliance, IPA. IPA is a trade association and buying group representing 3,700 plus independent pharmacies leveraging buying power to help pharmacies access pharmaceuticals at the best prices. IPA now offers a comprehensive third-party help desk, legislative advocacy, and continuing education free of charge to members. Learn more today at ipagroup.org. And in this episode of the IPA podcast, we will speak with Heather Rogers, Senior Member Services Administrator for Independent Pharmacy Alliance. Heather, welcome to the IPA podcast. How are you? Thank you, Anthony. I'm doing well. How about you? I'm pretty good. So what a lot of people may not be aware of is that we actually work together. You've been at IPA since when? Like 2013? No, 2003. 2003. Wow. 18 years this year. Yes. And when I started here, I think I started here back in 2014. You were obviously one of the first people that I met, and it's been seven years since we worked together. So today, you're here to talk to everyone about what you do at IPA, which is third-party administration and assisting pharmacies with all of their insurance and PBM needs. And Heather, you have a unique background because you've worked for insurers like Horizon Mercy and with both chain and independent pharmacies. Can you speak a bit about your professional background and the type of services you provide at Independent Pharmacy Alliance? Sure. Well, I am a certified pharmacy technician and I have been since 1996. I started off in a chain pharmacy and then an independent and then I worked for Horizon Mercy, which is now Horizon NJ Health in their pharmacy help desk. So I would handle a lot of the appeals on that side. So I know what the plans can and cannot do as far as updating MAC prices and doing appeals, things like that. So it gives me a bit of an edge in dealing with them. And that's pretty much what I do here. Um, I assist the members with third party problems. If they have networking issues, restrictions, MAC appeals, audit questions, regulation questions, pretty much anything that they might need to know or get information on, I will try to help them to get to their destination quickly and without incident. So it's interesting. You've worked for an insurer in the past, uh, Horizon. Could you tell us a little bit about your experience there? Because a lot of IPA members, as you know, were, are all interested in PBMs and the insurance industry because they control every aspect of uh, reimbursement for pharmacies. And they also control every aspect of prescription drug pricing for the patient. Could you tell us how the industry's changed and what are some of the biggest challenges facing pharmacy today? Sure. I mean, obviously, the introduction of Medicare Part D many years ago has brought about some fun new challenges like DIR fees and star ratings and things like that, which will affect your reimbursement. Then there's the fact that the three big PBMs have basically gobbled up all of the other smaller PBMs. So they have full control over what's going on and they follow each other. If one takes a drug off formulary, a lot of times the other one will as well, or if they start auditing something, the other plans will start looking for those as well when they're going over their desk audits or your in-store audits. 
And when the pharmacies, when they call you and they talk to you about these particular issues and when it comes to reimbursements and fees and retroactive fees, what's the mood in the sense that you get from the pharmacy owners? Do some feel defeated? Do others, do they want to persist and fight? What kind of a feeling out there do you get from the pharmacy owners? Right. I mean, they're not optimistic with their dealings with the PBMs. I mean, they've been beaten down by them for years um, with lower and lower reimbursements every year and all of the new things that they add in, like the credentialing and the restrictive networks. And then the PBMs are doing their own specialty pharmacies and requiring their patients to go there. So those scripts are gone. They just feel like no one's listening. They keep trying to get them to just be paid their cost and they keep cutting reimbursements and going after them for typos and stupid little things like that, that have no effect on the patient and whether they got their medication or if the claim was filled correctly, none of that is taken into account. And that's a big part of what you do. You're here to listen to them, to counsel them on what the right ways are to file appeals, deal with audits, and sometimes just to show them that somebody out there does care. Right. Exactly. I've known a lot of our owners for 18 plus years because I've worked with them at Horizon Mercy, Horizon NJ Health now. So I've got relationships with a lot of our pharmacists. So I'm always here and happy to help in any way I can. Heather, you know, one of the biggest headaches that pharmacy owners have is with filing appeals for low and below cost reimbursements with PBM. So just to let some of the listeners know is that when a pharmacy, when you pick up your prescription and a pharmacy dispenses you your medication, they are paid by a company called a pharmacy benefits manager. And the pharmacy benefit manager for short is called a PBM. And they decide how much your pharmacist gets paid. And a lot of times, unfortunately, your pharmacist may be paid below what they actually purchased the product for. So they're underwater in 15% of cases. So one of the things that Heather does for independent pharmacy owners is that she helps them file appeals with these companies called PBMs. And these appeals are critical because it may help them stay in business. It may turn a negative payment into a positive payment. So Heather, could you tell us about how pharmacies can file appeals? And could you explain how you assist pharmacies with filing appeals? Sure, absolutely. A lot of stores are actually enrolled with a PSAO, which is a pharmacy service organization administrator. You may know them as Epic or Pharmacy First, Elevate, Health Mart, Access Health. They all have their own contracts and a lot of stores have them and they manage the PBM contracts and appeals and all of that. A lot of them actually do automatically fill appeals based on the information that gets put through their switch. But I assist by getting the information, the claim information and reaching out to the plan because as I mentioned earlier, the three big PBMs are in control of most of the market. Most of the appeals go through them. They all require that their appeals be filed online through their website. So it's very important to get your login for those websites to file those appeals. If your PSAO is not doing it, you can also fill out our form, which is available on our website. You can do everything through our website and upload your invoices right through there. You could fax or email them to me and I will work with you to get those filed with the PBMs and hopefully get a positive response and get that increase in reimbursement closer to acquisition costs. 
You brought up the PSAOs, which I think is kind of interesting. And just a little bit more insider information. A lot of pharmacies will hire a company called the PSAO to be the intermediary in terms of handling their contracts with these large insurance companies and pharmacy benefit managers, because these contracts can become really complicated. The PSAOs originally were supposed to be a help to the pharmacies, but could you tell us what do the pharmacy owners think about PSAOs these days? Are they a help? Do they hurt them or are they just kind of indifferent to them? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think that they really benefit the stores as much as they used to. You know, in the beginning, they had negotiated with the PBMs and the PBMs would actually negotiate with the PSAOs. But then they realized that the PSAOs are taking the contracts and they don't have to negotiate with them because they'll still take them. So it can help them get into a network that may be restricted and it does help them with the credentialing and a lot of the other back-end stuff that they have to do to maintain the contracts. I guess they, you know, they help in some ways. They're kind of indifferent, I guess. Probably more of a help than a hurt, though. So that's one of the things where IPA comes in and where you come in is where a PSEO, when they can't help a pharmacy, they can contact you and you will provide them the appeals and reimbursement assistance that they're looking for that they may not be able to get with their PSAO. Correct. So could you also tell us what are some of the common do's and don'ts when filing reimbursement appeals? Sure. Well, you want to check with your PSAO and just make sure that they are filing those appeals or if you need to do something to get them that information. If they are not doing that and you want to submit them through IPA or do it on your own, I definitely recommend doing that. I would say the biggest mistake in appeals is not filing them. Unless it's brought to their attention, they're just going to keep underpaying. Follow the directions when you're doing an appeal. Include your invoice. That is critical. They will not look at the information if there is no invoice. So you need to do that. And also, if your PSAO comes back with a response and is not inclusive of all the information required by the MAC laws of the state, then you would push back on them to remind them of the MAC laws in your state and tell them that they are not in compliance and try to get a more significant answer. So it's interesting. You brought up some laws, specifically state laws. And we know that many states, they have laws that provide pharmacies with certain rights when filing appeals. And that these laws are commonly referred to as, let's say, MAC laws. A lot of pharmacy owners might not be aware of what their rights are when they file appeals. Some pharmacy owners have taken advantage of New Jersey's reimbursement and appeal law to get better results when they file appeals. Could you tell us a bit about New Jersey's law and how pharmacies should use it when they file appeals? Absolutely. New Jersey's MAC law requires that appeals be filed within 14 days by the pharmacy, and then the PBM has to respond in 14 days as well. And when they do respond, they either have to increase the reimbursement to cover your costs, or if they do not and they deny the appeal, they have to provide you with the NDC and the wholesaler where you can purchase that item for the MAC price. They do not include any of those items in the response that is a violation of the MAC law and could be reported to Doby and a complaint could be filed. IPA is also collecting this information. So if stores have tried to file an appeal on their own, they can certainly get that info over to us, which we will keep for our files and our legislative efforts. 
So what's your experience been since the Mac law went into effect in New Jersey? I think it's been uh, maybe close to five years or so. There have been some changes to the law. We've also added other types of reimbursement formulas to Mac, which includes all the various form, actually every single formula that a PBM could use to reimburse a pharmacy. What's been your experience with the statute? Do you feel it's helped any or do you feel there's still a long way to go or maybe a little of both? I think it's a little bit of both because we have been getting some response to it. Much of the time, they do not include the NDC number or where they could purchase it, which is obviously a violation and you can push back and go to do complaints with Joby. When you're saying Doby, I just wanted to let the listeners know we're talking about the New Jersey State Department of Banking and Insurance, a little acronym for Doby. And the listeners, what they might be interested in is that the Department of Banking Insurance is the entity in the state of New Jersey that regulates all the pharmacy benefit manager laws. But Heather, it's interesting, you were talking about that it's kind of like a mixed bag with the appeals law in New Jersey. Could you give some examples in terms of where some people maybe have won their appeal with the law and where they've encountered some roadblocks? Sure. I mean, the MAC law in New Jersey applies to commercial plans only. So unfortunately, a lot of owners, they know a process is through a particular VIN number, but they don't know if it's a self-funded plan or if it's a ERISA plan or if it's a Medicare plan, commercial plan, they're not sure. So it's always good to file the appeals if you have any doubts. But a lot of times those appeals being filed because they do not fall under the purview of the MAC law, they are often ignored and the pharmacies don't get any results. So in terms of filing appeals, we have commercial plans, we have Medicare Part D, we have Medicaid, and then we have these commercial self-insured plans. Could you tell us a little bit about the difference between these plans and which of these plans actually have to conform to the state law and which don't? So the only plans of those types of plans that actually have to follow the MAC law are the commercial plans. And these are your plans that you can buy on your own or in the marketplace. A lot of times it's a patient's work insurance. Sometimes they are part of a union and you might not know that. So you think it's a commercial plan, but it's actually a self-funded ERISA plan and it does not fall under the MAC regulations. And if someone wants to contact you, what's the first step? What do they need to do if they want to file a MAC appeal through you? If they have a reimbursement issue, they're not sure what to do, what would you advise them to do? What's the first step? Well, they can either call the IPA offices or email me directly. They can go to our website and file the appeals. There's a form there. On the website, it's very easy. You just type it in there and then the website will track all of your appeals. If you send it to me, I can fax or email you a form, and then you would fill in the information on that and return that with an invoice, and then I will work on the appeal for you. And pharmacy owners, you know, one of the things that they really dislike to do is filing appeals because they're so busy already. They're dealing with patients. They're dealing with their staff. They're making sure everything is running properly at the pharmacy. And one of the last things that they want to do is file appeals with a PBM. Are they making a mistake if they let this go, if they don't file appeals with PBMs? I really think they are making a mistake by letting it go because even if only 1% of claims get adjusted 
at least it's at 1% of claims. And it's work that the PBM has to do. The PBM likes to give the pharmacists all kinds of work to do. And this is a nice little way for them to return that favor. So that is what I recommend. And you might even get an increased reimbursement out of it. So win-win. And all they need to do in this particular case with filing appeal, if they're on the fence, is they just have to fill out one form that's available on IPA's website, send that form to you, and just provide some documentation, then you take care of the rest. Absolutely. Yep. So there's really no reason for them not to take advantage of it. No, absolutely not. Unless their PSAO is doing it on their behalf and they're getting satisfactory result there, then that would be the only reason. And I guess the best part about it is that IPA won't charge a penny for this service. If they're an IPA member, it's a free service, right? That is correct. Yep. I am here and ready to help. So there's no reason for them not to. It's just an opportunity for them to recoup dollars that they might have lost because PBM said, well, we paid you the correct price and there's nothing you can do about it. But right. but there is something they might be able to do about it. Absolutely. And by filing these appeals, even if they are denied, it gives them an opportunity to slip up and violate the MAC law, which gives us another opportunity to really go after them. So, Well, Heather, thank you so much for joining me today. For more information, to learn more about Heather and how IPA can help you with appealing your underwater reimbursements, go to ipagroup.org. Thanks for listening to the Independent Pharmacy Alliance podcast. This podcast was made possible by the Independent Pharmacy Alliance and the president and CEO, John Giampolo. It was produced and edited by Zach Stone with music by Marcus Way. For previous and future episodes, check out ipagroup.org. Thank you very much. Bye for now.